Glad you uh, all come back to join us this week. We've got uh, hopefully some very practical things to cover this morning as we close our uh, time together. And uh, if you need a notebook, if you don't have your notebook today, I think we've got a handful of them. So uh, particularly if you've never received one, I think we have 13. Is that right, Jeremy? Very few. So if you need a notebook, raise your hand. And if you're quick enough, Jeremy will get one to you there. (laughs) And uh, we left off on page 13. So page 13 of your uh, member orientation workbook. And we had started going through our church mission statement segment by segment. And uh, we had talked about, just to refresh our memory, the mission of CBC being to help people learn about God, love him and others, and live for his purpose. So that's the mission statement. And we uh, dove into learning about God and we talked about Community Institute. We talked about growth partners, which is probably something that you may have never even heard about. And uh, we've got just a handful of folks who are participating in that now, so we, we talked a little bit about that. And then we talked about the part of our mission statement uh, that says that we not just learn about God, but love him and love others. And loving him, we talked about how we uh, participate in corporate worship together. We come together on Sunday mornings like we did last hour and uh, the, the importance of that. And loving others, we talked about community groups on page 12. And uh, that led us to, um, on page 13, the section where we wanted to get into really uh, an overview of our community service, but first lay the groundwork for, with that uh, this morning. And uh, that is living for his purpose. And so you see on halfway down on page 13, the section titled Living for His Purpose and the Privilege of Serving. And I told my little uh, Star Wars story last week, you may remember, that, uh, you know, here I was as a uh, young man realizing that the gospel made claim to me personally that there was a creator of the entire universe that had um, condescended to rescue us, and not just us, but to rescue me, and, and realizing that that was an offer to me personally, and uh, being overwhelmed with a sense of uh, what an epic thing that I have been invited to take part in. And that's, that was all uh, said in relationship to the privilege of serving. You know, there was that little little uh, man, little boy, uh, Luke Skywalker on that dirt dust planet and finding out that he was taking part in this giant epic. And that that is each one of us as believers when we realize that the God of the universe has condescended to rescue us and that he has something specific for us to do. not He was not only interested in changing our eternal destiny, but he's working out his plan in detail in his world and that he has designed for you to have a part in that. And so that's one of the most, as you see the paragraph there, profound realities of church life is the privilege of serving that God has called us, like Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, to be ambassadors for Christ. That text actually says that it, it is as though God is beseeching people through you, through me, be reconciled to God. It's like we're God's mouthpiece when we share the good news and carry out the mission he's given us in all the different facets and aspects of how that can be done, and we'll talk about that here. And uh, it, it is a common misunderstanding or, or way of thinking about ministry and getting the work of the ministry done and the mission that God's given us to think that, well, that's what, that's what clergy do. That's what the pastors do. 
Uh, but the Bible is very clear. We have noted there halfway down on page 13 that Ephesians chapter 4, we find out that uh, God has uh, equipped the church with pastors and teachers in order to equip the church, the saints, for the work of the ministry. So God has designed the mission be carried out by us all, the church. And then there are some who God designates as leaders to ensure that we're all prepared and equipped to do that. And you see uh, listed there 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. Let's take a look at that together. The Bible says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And this this passage really sums up what I want to talk about by way of introduction, and then I want to get very practical in showing ways that around CBC we'd like to be able to do that and, and uh, keep track of how each of us has been equipped and uh, help us each stay engaged and plugged in. Uh, you can see the summary that we have below there of these verses, and we really want to break this sentence into four four pieces and then just kind of think about each one of them here for the next couple minutes. Um, look at the summary there. This passage tells us that we should use the gifts that you've been given for the good of others with a holy confidence and for the glory of God. So four parts there, that you should use the gifts you've been given, that you should use them for the good of others, that you should use them with a holy confidence, and that you should use them for the glory of God. So let's think about each of those just briefly. Uh, using the gifts you've been given. The passage says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Look at page 14. There's a, a passage that talks about gifts. And I, while I don't have anywhere near the time we would need to go into uh, a theology of, of what the Bible means when it talks about spiritual gifts, some things that are pretty straightforward can be noted from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read about um, spiritual gifts. Paul talks to the church at Corinth and there about spiritual gifts. And in verse 1, in fact, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll take a look at it real quick together to give you the context. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except, that the whole, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gift, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To the one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing spirits, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. 
All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes to each one just as he determines. And like I said, while we don't have time to get into uh, the intricacies of uh, you know, why we wouldn't recognize all of these things that are listed here as being things that we would expect to see in our congregation today because of some of them having a special purpose uh, at the inception of the church and, and for a special time. Uh, I do want to highlight some of the things that he says here, and we've got those kind of called out in your notes. In verse 1, when we read about spiritual gifts, those are literally just a reference to spirituals. The, the items from the Spirit is what this is referring to. And this reference, this uh, kind of reference, occurs 26 times in Scripture, and 25 of them refer to something that's that's being called out as being controlled by the Spirit. So the first thing that I just want to highlight from that passage that we read together is when the Bible here talks about spiritual gifts, it's talking about things that are under the direction of the Spirit, of God the Holy Spirit. So these are things that God is orchestrating. So when the Bible tells you and I that we have gifts, uh, uh, spiritual gifts, it's saying that we have abilities, we have been uh, especially equipped by God to be able to do things that he is deemed necessary to carry out the mission he's given us. The next thing, gifts. Uh, the word used there in verse 4 for gifts, charisma, is talking about uh, something that is, is characterized as a gift, as something that is not earned. In that's, that sense, a gift. So these are not things that uh, you and I have because of innate qualities in us, um, you know, they, they may be, the things may be related to abilities that we have that might be perceived as a natural ability, like a gift of, uh, of being able to teach, for example. But these are things that are um, explicitly uh, made available by God's graciousness, that he has made us able to accomplish these things. So uh, they, are, they are things under God's control, under the Spirit's control, they're gracious, they're not earned, they're not somehow ours to lay, you know, to, to uh, claim fame to. They're gifts, and they're intended for service. You see in verse 5 there, when it talks about service, uh, they're meant to be used for the purpose of service, not so that I can build myself up, not so that I can enjoy them, because I just really enjoy music, and so I have a, a gift, an ability to uh, engage people and draw them into worship, like some of our people engage in our worship, uh, music worship ministry have. They're about service, so they're outwardly focused. Uh, the word working is used in reference to these, and that's emphasizing the fact that these are energized by God. These aren't things that, uh, like I said before, are stemming from me. They're things that are spiritual, that are energized by God, and manifestation. Um, they're things that are not intended to be private. They're things that are intended to be used in the service, in the ministry that we all engage in together. So spiritual gifts are God-given, spirit-enabled abilities, we say there, given to every believer for the purpose of serving the church. And all of us have them. The Bible describes this as something that is possessed by all Christians, by all believers. You've been specially gifted by God to accomplish the part of the mission he wants you to participate in. And that, that to me, is um, incredibly humbling and um, inspiring to think about that God has prepared you and has worked for you to do and has equipped you to do it. He's made you in such a way that you can do it. 
And uh, there are types of gifts. We read from First Peter chapter four early earlier, uh, and where we got our phrase that we've broken into four chunks. And it refers to speaking and serving gifts. It said that if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very God, words of God. If anyone serves. And these are very helpful categories we can think in. So some people have gifts to the ability to teach, the ability to uh, share the gospel uh, with groups or in smaller uh, in smaller groups. And they just excel at that kind of thing. Maybe, uh, maybe another person doesn't have a gift where they're uh, really comfortable speaking or able to do that and, and skilled at that, but are able to serve in other ways. And so these are very helpful categories. And uh, one thing that we note there, you see below there, is that uh, there are a couple of lists that are provided in the New Testament that talk about spiritual gifts. And uh, it's my understanding that these lists are not exhaustive. It's not like these are describing a, a fixed set of abilities that God has gifted his people with, but that they're representative. They're lists that describe the kinds of things God has enabled his people to do to carry out the work he's given him. And uh, so we point that out there. But the key is those two bullet points. Everyone has gifts. Each one of you has them. And God expects us to use them for the purpose for which he gave them to us. So that is that we are to use the gifts we've been given. And then the next part of the phrase is for the good of others. Back uh, in First Peter chapter 4, to serve others, <clears throat> excuse me, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And uh, we talk about in the next bullet point, serving. Um, in Luke chapter 22, let's take a look at the passage there. A dispute arose among, among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table, but I am among you as one who serves? Jesus is the one saying this who takes the towel and washes their feet and says, this is how I want you to serve one another. So using the gifts that you've been given, it's for the good of others. It's not for your own personal enrichment. It's not for um, our notoriety. And we have to keep that in mind when we serve. We're going to talk about how to get engaged and how to serve here in just in just a little bit. Um, and as I do that, as I describe to you some very practical ways that you can get engaged, if you do them, uh, Lord willing, in the weeks to come, if you're not already engaged in some form of ministry, we'll help you find ways to be plugged in and serving. And your first opportunity to serve might not be the ideal thing that you were looking for. It might not have been the thing that you had in mind, but it might be a real need that we have here uh, to accomplish the work God's given us to do. And so my encouragement to you, based on what the Bible is saying here, is to remember that uh, service and carrying out the ministry is not so that I'm happy. It's not how I find happiness. Now, I, I guarantee you, if you serve, if you are pursuing God's glory by serving and carrying out the mission, you will be joyful. You will be content. It's what we were made for. God who made us knows that that's what will fulfill us. But that's not why we do it. We see needs and we serve because those needs are there. We do them because they need to be done. And so I encourage you to keep that mindset of service um, for the good of others, rather, I should say. 
And administering grace, one of the ways God has chosen people to, uh, chosen to use people is to dispense, distribute, and administer grace to his people through his people. And uh, I heard a great illustration. You guys familiar with what a cul-de-sac is? You drive into a cul-de-sac and it goes around and it comes back. And I think it was in the book Relationships, a Mess Worth Making by Paul Tripp. And he talks about us, God intending us to be conduits of his grace rather than cul-de-sacs. And he used that, to me, what was a vivid illustration to remind us that God's grace is not about just what, you know, what God did for me and, and then it stops right there. That I recognize the benefit and boy, I, this is just great. I'm so thankful for what God did for me. And that's it. And I just continue being thankful for that. It's that I'm so grateful. I recognize what God's done for me. And God's goodness and grace flows then through me to those that he's put me around, to the people that he's put me in community with. And uh, so that's, that's the way that we think about the gifts God's given us. We use them for the good of others, serving, that we are God's, God's grace is coming through us to them. And uh, one another is the mindset. And we talked about this, came up in our community group a couple of weeks ago. Um, there are at least 55 references in the New Testament to one another. And that's just a great study to do in and of itself. And we've done it in our community groups, uh, not too distant past. If you're taking part of those, you probably remember that. But things like loving one another, accepting one another, serving one another on page 15, being kind to one another, forgiving one another, and encouraging one another. And if it's, if it's not already clear, just a, just a quick read through your New Testament, you come away with realizing that God has called us into community with one another. And he has gifted us so that we can carry out the work he's given us to do. And that's work that we do together. Uh, he works through us and in us. And he uses us in each other's lives. So we use the gifts that we've been given for the good of others and with a holy confidence. Then on page 15, with a holy confidence. Um, this is This is really important to stress that because it's not about us and because it doesn't depend on us, we can have great confidence in using the gifts that God's given us. Um, it would be very easy for some people who have abilities that are very easy to recognize and very comfortable in front of other people to get up and exercise their gift. And, and that, you know, we can, we can recognize uh, that, all right, that makes sense. I can see people doing that. But there are other folks who um, really are, find it difficult uh, to to feel like the spotlight's on them, to or maybe to feel like I don't do this as well as the other person, or if I do it, it's not going to be good enough, or what if I what if I mess up? And the reason that uh, the reason that we can have a holy confidence is not because of anything in us. It's not because of uh, my skills, because we talked about it's not from me. It's a gracious gift of God. It's energized by God. Um, or because of what people will think about me. It doesn't have to do with what people will think about me. We were reminded in that verse from Peter, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. When I get up and stand in front of you and I quote scripture and I tell you what the Bible says, I don't need to worry about uh, whether or not um, I can convince people. These are God's words, and I'm broadcasting them to you. I'm telling you what our Maker said. And I can have confidence in the truth of that message and in the, um, 
And the importance of that message, because of who it's from, it's not from me. I'm not telling you my thoughts or my ideas here. I'm telling you what God says. And uh, the one who serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So we can serve whatever level, varying level of skills and abilities we have. God's made us all different and with varying uh, degrees of expertise and skill and ability in all different areas. And I can serve with confidence knowing that God made me how he wants me. God has equipped me to do uh, what he wants me to do. And I, I do need to be a good steward of it. And that's why we're talking about this. But I don't have to worry about, you know, what are people going to think of me? It's not about me. It's about getting done what God's given us to do together. And I can do that with confidence. I can pursue it with confidence because it's about God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, again reminding us that it's not about us. God does it. We are who we are because God's made us. We are redeemed because God's redeemed us. We haven't redeemed ourselves. We are God's handiwork, but catch this, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God's work in us is making us such that we can do the work he's given us. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And this part, I love this part, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This God who spoke the world into existence, the universe into existence, and who created you specifically. When, when he created Adam and Eve and his plan included all of us, he did all of this and he had the work that he has for you to do in mind. I mean, that, that just blows my mind that, that God has work for me to do. And it, it allows me the freedom then to just pursue, uh, what, the mission that God's given us together. Because it's not about me. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on me. It's what God's doing. He's prepared me to do. And I can just put my shoulder down and I can go to work. And I can trust that God's going to accomplish his will through us when we work together. And we, we heed what he says and we do what he's commanded. So we are God's handiwork. He created us to do good works. He prepared in advance for us to do these. Um, He's uniquely designed us for that. And then the last phrase I'm going to skip down to, and for the glory of God. First Peter 4.11 again reminds us that, so in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So serving, serving is a matter of worship. You know, we come together on Sunday mornings in our first hour and we worship together in song. We worship together in giving. Uh, we listened, we take heed to God's word, thereby uh, recognizing, ascribing worth to what God says, worship. And when we serve, we're recognizing that God is worthy. We're demonstrating that God is worthy of my life, of my time, of my abilities, of my resources, that they come from him and they're for him. And so we do this for the glory of God. So let me then take a moment to expand on the bullet points at the bottom of page 15 there. Practically speaking, you've got a list of things there, and I want to call out several of them for us. Informal versus formal ministry. What do we mean by that? Both of these are critical. Um, Informal ministry is something that, you know, there's not a position for it. There's not a title that goes with it. There's not a schedule that you're keeping for this. It might be something like checking in on a brother or sister that you haven't seen recently. 
uh, could include volunteering when you hear an announcement that somebody needs help moving. You know, I don't know if you realize this, we don't really have a moving ministry per se, uh, but we do try to help out when somebody does not have family in the area and they're moving and they need help. We ask, we actually have a form for this. There's a form at the, if you're gonna move and you need help with it, we have a form at the information center you can get. And, uh, the better, the longer the notice, the better, because we don't have a team set aside that does this. When somebody needs help and they don't have family in the area to help them, we just put out a notice to the men in our church. And we say somebody needs help moving on this date at this time. If you can help us, let us know. And then we try to put together a team. That's informal ministry, men. When you hear that note and you reply back and say, yeah, I can help with that, it's informal ministry. Uh, formal ministry are things that you might think of when I talk about, when I say the word ministry. Things like teaching a children's Sunday school class or serving on our custodial rotation. You know, we are building, we don't have professional cleaners that come in and clean it. We have uh, groups of people that serve on a rotational basis that come in on a Saturday and clean the building and uh, take care of things that need to be cleaned that way. Um, Or our greeters. When you walk in and you see a smiling face and somebody welcomes you and uh, guests come in and they help them find the location for their children and where their class is, that's that's a formal ministry. That's somebody who's volunteered and they've committed to it and week after week they do that. Our hospitality team, same way. The bagels that you just came from enjoying, those don't, those bagels don't cut themselves. We have a team of people who every week get up early and they, they come and they prepare that and they put it out for us and they clean up afterwards. So informal versus formal ministry. So those are two concepts that we should think in terms of when we think of practically doing the things that we were talking about doing, serving. Uh, the second thing, use your resources. What is God entrusted to your management? The Bible says that what do you have but that you were, you've been given? Everything we have has been given to us uh, by way of where God determined where we would be born, to what family we'd be born in, um, what abilities and, and uh, tendencies we would have. Everything we have has been given to us. And so the question is, what has God entrusted to your management? Everything we have, we are stewards of. Uh, it might be money or material resources. It could be time, could be abilities, could be other things. So do you think strategically about what God has entrusted to you? Uh, I like the analogy. I don't remember if I've read it somewhere or if I, I don't recall where I picked it up, but I like the analogy of we think of the things that we've been trusted, entrusted with as toys, Um, we tend to a lot of times fall into the mindset of the people around us who don't know the Lord, just the people who live as though this life is all there is. And we think of what we have as toys. But God tells us in his word that what we have are tools, that everything he's entrusted to us are tools. And so the resources we have are not our toy box, it's our toolbox. How do we think about our resources? Uh, The next bullet point, attend. Um, that might be an odd one to think about in terms of ministry. But we have a lot going on around CBC any given week. And uh, you may only be directly connected to, uh, you know, just an item or two on any given month. But don't underestimate the value of your presence at what happens here at CBC. You know, we have an outreach event, for example. You may not have a guest that you can bring to it, uh, the gun range event, for example, or the bowling event. Maybe you don't have somebody you can bring. But don't underestimate the value of you being there for this person who does bring their unbelieving friend uh, so that they can meet 
that person's brothers and sisters in Christ and find out that, you know, those people that my coworker goes to church with aren't as different, aren't as strange, rather. Hopefully we are different, but not as strange as I thought. That these are just normal people that demonstrate God's grace in their lives. There's something about them that um, I need to check more into. And it breaks down barriers. It gives opportunity then for that person to continue building their relationship and sharing the gospel and perhaps even bringing them here to hear the gospel preached um, at our services. So don't underestimate um, the value of your presence, the value of your own personal growth by participating, and the value of your impact on others' lives. And then the next thing, weekly and rotational ministry. Um, And long-term, I'm going to encourage you, as I explain here in just a moment, uh, how to get involved. Think in terms of these two things. Think in in terms of serving with these two uh, um, levels of engagement in mind. One is weekly ministry. This is something that you do, you commit to. You do it every week. It's something that um, you prepare for. Maybe you're assisting in a class. Maybe you are on a hospitality team. Maybe you serve as an usher. But it's something that every week you have to make plans that you're here for, that if you're not going to be able to do it, you've got a sub for. Uh, Maybe you even have to do, uh, depending on the type of ministry, work during the week to prepare for. But it's something that you have engaged, you've taken ownership for. That is what we like to refer to as a weekly ministry. But then we also have a lot of rotational ministries. Um, There are a lot of things you could do around here that would be just showing up uh, when you're called upon to do that. And that, that actually, some of these could be overlap. You might be able to participate in our children's Sunday school program on a, on a rotational basis. Maybe you're just a sub. Or maybe you work on when months that have a fifth week uh, serving in that rotation. So you're not on every month. Um, so think in terms of those two things. And here's why I say to think in terms of those two things. Because uh, that is a way for us to to do two things. One, to make sure that we're all getting engaged, that we're all involved in a ministry that requires a commitment on our part, that we are exercising the gifts and abilities God's given us. But then the other one, because we can each do both a weekly and a rotational ministry, the rotational ministry helps us to fill in gaps, helps us to meet needs that might otherwise be difficult to meet and don't require the larger commitment. So, so these are good, uh, that's a helpful kind of framework to think of weekly and rotational ministry as you then begin to, uh, to consider your level of engagement and, and ministry that you're involved in. And then this last thing we called taking the long view of joy. Uh, what I mean by this, it relates to the service part that I talked about, uh, earlier about being for the use of others. On occasion, I have heard, uh, people say when given an opportunity for ministry, um, that, you know, maybe that's not quite the right ministry for them. And, and sometimes that's the right thing to say, but that they're, you know, they're looking for a, a better fit. And we even, we even recognize in our um, form that we have you fill out, we have a form called a Your Fit form. You know, I'm sitting here talking about gifts from the Spirit and how God has made us specifically. So we do want to help people find a ministry that they're uniquely created for. That's, I don't want to diminish that. But what I think we can sometimes do on the opposite end of that spectrum is we can take kind of the approach I learned when I worked at Franklin Covey. I worked at the uh, Covey um, 
uh, Franklin International Institute and then Covey Leadership Center, it was called back in my retail days. And they talk about pursuing your dreams and, you know, it's, it's very, uh, aspirational and, and, uh, do what you love, the money will follow. And, you know, sometimes that can be really disappointing if you go with that philosophy. But, uh, that's, that's what Franklin Covey teaches. And in, at its heart, it's a good thing. It is find out what your values are and try to live according to them. That's, that's all good stuff, helpful stuff. But we could take that approach to ministry and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm really looking for the right fit, so I'm going to pass on this, this thing. And it's strange because there are really few people who find that they're a perfect fit for cleaning the toilets, you know, or the, there are very few people who find that, yeah, I think I'm just cut out to take 40 teenagers to Mexico. That's what God's made me to do. <laughs> Those are hard things to do. And there's a lot of other hard things that, um, if we just do, you know, the thing that, that I can see God created me for this. There would be a lot of tasks that get left undone. And so when I say here, take the long view of joy, what we're talking about is recognize that while we want to fit people in ministries and we want you to find a ministry that you're gifted for and that you find very satisfying in doing, we also all need to be open to there's a need. How can we fill that? And uh, maybe your first place of service that you engage in, if you haven't already been uh, engaged in ministry at this point, maybe the first thing you do isn't your dream ministry, but it's something that really fits a need and God uses you to be a blessing to the body and to accomplish the mission. That That is uh, what brings joy, is seeing God's will done and being used by God, not just, remember, thinking of it internally, being the cul-de-sac, and boy, I found fulfillment in that. So those are those are just uh, some thoughts on those bullet points there, uh, very practical ways to think about these principles that we just talked about. So turn to page sixteen, community service overview, and I'm going to I'm going to leave this stuff here for you to look at, but I'm going to show you very practically uh, what we can do to. Uh, to actually do some of the things that are listed on these next couple of pages. Uh, one of my roles here at CBC is called the Community Service Coordinator. Uh, it's my job to uh, try to, and I'm, I'm still learning my way around it, and it's a fairly new role for me here in addition to doing the youth ministry. And uh, what that role entails is understanding where the needs and opportunities are in our ministry, that this particular class needs a new teacher or we need substitutes for this thing or we need somebody on the snow removal crew or whatever. And then identifying people who have bandwidth which to to serve still. Perhaps they're not engaged right now or um, they're looking for a place of service. Some people actively will come and say, hey, I'd like to serve. Can you help me find a place of service? And that's what I want to do for any of you who aren't already engaged in some form of ministry and, and using the gifts and abilities God's given you. And in order to do that, though, we need to have uh, we're dealing with a lot of people and a lot of information. And the guys have some sheets. John can uh, start getting them ready. He's going to make available to you. Uh, there are a couple ways we can do this. And I'm going to have uh, John at the booth flip over the switch so that I have a computer screen on the, on the screen here. We need to know uh, some basic details about all of our members in order to be able to do this properly. Um, we need to know, uh, as you understand it, and it doesn't have to be, you don't need to take an assessment necessarily. It's something that you can look at a list and identify, and then you can change as time goes on. Uh, they can they can be uh, abilities and skills that you see as, these are things that I see as my fit right now. 
Um, and then later on, as you learn and participate in ministry, you might discover you have other abilities or things you thought, boy, I'm going to be good at that. Maybe I wasn't as good as I thought of that. And we can change that and refine that. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to describe what they have, and then I'm going to show you um, how you can do that on our church website. What they have is called a getting to know you form. It's a modified version of that. If you've seen one in the past, I've taken the form that gives you a way to turn in your personal information at the top and added to it the two lists, the abilities and skills that you've seen on a Your Fit form before. And here's what I want. I'm going to show you on our church website how you can actually go in and enter this on your profile on our church website. I don't know if you know that. It's kind of like uh, Facebook that's behind a password and only our church members can see. We only give logins to members. But it's kind of like a Facebook for... Uh, for our church internally. And you'll be glad to know there's no talk of uh, politics. There's no video games you'll get invited to play. There's no, it's just about service and us carrying out ministry together. It's, it's, uh, so it's unlike Facebook in that regard. Um, I realized after I said Facebook that might, this might be a bad, <laughs> that might be a bad analogy these days. But what I'd like to ask you to commit to doing is one of two things. Going into our church website and exploring your profile and making sure that it is up to date. Because one of the key tools in my toolbox to accomplish the ministry God's given me to do here as community service coordinator is is being able to know what you're engaged in and what you'd like to be engaged in. So as ministry needs open up, I can find you by doing a search for people who've said, here are my abilities, here are my skills. So the form that they're giving you, the first thing I'd like to ask you to commit to is going in and looking at your profile, making sure it's up to date. But I understand not everybody here is going to do that. I hope, wish everybody here would do that. I know some of you just are not computer people and you don't want to do that, and that is okay. We can update your profile for you. The benefit to you updating it is you learn how to do it, and then you know when your phone number changes five months from now, or you moved, or you, um, somebody had a baby or whatever, uh, your profile changes, you can keep it up to date and we always make sure we have the, the latest information. Versus if we get the form from you today, we enter it today and it's the same until you perhaps remember to let us know to change it. So I'm going to show you how to do this on our website. If you just refuse, I can't do, or I, I can't do this, I don't know how, you can ask for help. I'd be happy to help you. Or you can turn in this paper today. But I'd love before you leave today, if you know you're not going to do it on your computer, uh, for you to turn in this form and we can update your profile for you. In fact, if you have a smartphone with you, you can go to our church website right now and follow along with me. That's totally fine. If you'd like to do that, you could actually update your profile from your phone. So on our church website... And I apologize for the faintness on the screens, if you all can see there. If you scroll down, I actually did make slides for this, and I enlarged things, but uh, we're having a little trouble with the way the slides displayed, so I'm going to show you live. If you scroll down the website, you see this link called MyCBC. You can click on that, and that takes you to the member login page. There's a little video here that tells you about it. You can watch that. tells you what you can do once you log in. Uh, By the way, if you don't know what your login is, No problem. There's a little forgot password here. You can click that, and it'll give you a form to fill out, and uh, that'll send me an email, and I can help you get logged in. But you can log in here, and I've created a... uh, Actually, I think Ken Rapp created this profile for Justin Verlander. He's not really a member here. But uh, you log in with your password and username there, 
And it's going to land you on your profile homepage. So this is this is your page. Whoops. Let me shrink it a little. That's a little too big. There you go. You can see my uh, name up in the top right-hand corner. And I'm just going to give you a quick quick tour here. These are groups that you're a part of. Many of you will have uh, more groups than four here. Uh, entire church group something and church family is something that all members are a part of. And then if you're a part of a Sunday school class or if you're uh, a part of the men of the church or the women of the church, you'll be in groups that are listed there as well. Here are the key things that I want you to understand. I want you to understand how to update your profile. And you would just click on your name up here, and you're going to get several choices. This uh, first choice lets you look at your profile. But I'm going to actually take you down to edit your profile. If you were to click on edit your profile, you're going to get a screen here that shows you a bunch of details about yourself. You can put your birthday in here, just so you know. It records the year so that the church staff knows if we're like, I don't know, wanting to send out a note to people about the friends class. That's a class we have for retired folks uh, that do fun things together. It's kind of an activity-oriented group. Um, we could use the age based on that to send you the note. That's not uh, visible to just generally to the members. It's only visible to church leadership, just so you know. And there's a little link there saying why the year. But you can put special dates in there like anniversaries, um, your email address, your contact phone number. You could actually, I don't know if, if uh, those of you who do log in here and use this know this, if you put your mobile carrier in here, you can actually ask it to send you texts, texts when notifications go out to groups that you're a part of. Um, but what I really wanted to show you here is how to put a photo in here. Um, this is really great. A lot of you ask about, boy, it'd be great if we had a photo directory. We do, actually, if we would all update our profiles and log in here, it's the same as having a, a photo directory. Um, you can update your photo. If you've got a photo of yourself on your computer, you simply click on this Choose File button. It's going to take you to your file system of your computer, whatever your computer looks like. Mine's a Mac here. And you can click on Photos. So that's probably not the one we want. Uh, that looks angry. Yeah, there we go. That's a good one. So we click on that. And you can see it puts the photo there. And then I just scroll down to the bottom and I hit save. And I have updated my profile. There's a photo there. When I hit save, it's going to take me to my profile homepage. And I think it's going to load my photo of myself. It's still loading. And I want to call out a couple things that are on this page here. Um, actually, you know what? Before I do that, one other thing. Back up on the profile. If I were to click on profile again, you notice something down here that says privacy settings. Uh, several times each month, I'll get a notification from somebody, an email from somebody saying, hey, I am trying to get a hold of so-and-so who's in my class, and I can't see their phone number or their email. And that's because uh, back a long time ago as we were trying to decide how to do this, there were, um, there were some concerns about privacy. We knew a lot of people didn't use uh, their login, and so they weren't aware of what people could see about them or not. So we set all, all the privacy settings to be pretty strict. And uh, this privacy settings screen lets you actually go in and determine who can see what about your profile. So if there's, for some reason, you needed to keep your address private for some reason, you could go in and you could find your address down here and say, I want this to only be available to church leadership or only available to friends. And I'm, I'm not going to have time to go into how you uh, designate friends on here, but you can actually, the people you contact frequently, you can make a list of them so you can get to them quickly. They show up on your login screen. Um, but I highly recommend everybody, in fact, I think what I would like to do, if it's okay with you guys, is go in for all of our members and mark 
uh, for contact phone and for contact email that everybody would be able to see that. And uh, if there's a need, if you need yours to be private and you don't know how to log in to change yours to church leadership only, you can let me know, and I'll make sure that we don't change yours that way. But it's really nice. You you uh, get to know somebody at church, and you want to reach out to them during the week and encourage them or just see how it's going. You've been praying for them. Uh, to be able to go in here and just see their phone number and give them a call, or you can actually click the link right there and start an email to them through the system. So that's that's very helpful. So I'm going to go back to the profile screen now. And I realize we're at 12 o'clock, just about done here. I just want to highlight a couple items here for you. Um, on the activity screen, this is just going to list if you've sent any emails back and forth to people through the system or if somebody, a group you're part of, posted a message, it'll show up here. Uh, you can verify if your parents, you can verify that your family, your spouse's information is correct. They'll be listed down here. Um, info about yourself. This is actually where... You notice there's gifts, passions, and abilities listed here. You can actually, as a part of your profile, I'm going to skip back to edit profile. You can identify, here's where I picked my picture. Up top here, it says my fit. I don't know if you can see that there. It's very little, but across the green border, if you click on my fit, there are lists here. So for passions, for example, I'm going to go into here and I'm going to put, um, uh, let's see, Elementary children. Let's say I want to help in children's church. I'm going to put that there, and there's a reason I'm putting it there. And I'll hit save. When I go back, you'll see on my profile here now, it says under passions, elementary children. When I click on involvement, look at this. It's going to show me positions that I am best matches with. It added teacher assistant. I don't know if you noticed before, that wasn't there. Cleaner was one of the positions that is open that I qualified that I seemed to be a match for. But it added teacher's assistant, and it did that based on my passion of saying, I'm passionate about working with elementary children. And uh, it listed it there. And what that does is that helps me then as community service coordinator when I'm looking for uh, help for junior church or when I'm looking for help for uh, Ken Rapp and the uh, cleaning team or the counter rotation or whatever it is, to be able to see a list of people that would be a good fit for that role. And you could actually go in and find out more about that. If I wanted to be a teacher assistant, I can click on that, and it'll actually tell me about that. When we put these in, we try to put descriptions with them, and it's probably not going to load now. Yeah, there it is. But it tells me, it may actually tell what days a week it requires serving. Um, there may be a description with it, four-hour week, uh, four weekly rotations every three months. Sunday school second hour. So you can learn learn about it right there. You can then reach out and say, hey, I'd like to, I see there's a need. I'd like to get involved with that. Or it helps from the other side for us to find people and say, we see, we have a need that we think you would, you know, you would uh, be a good fit for. Would you, would you mind checking into it and then put you in touch with the person leading that ministry and then uh, be able to pursue it from there? It doesn't obligate you. It just starts the conversation. So, um, that was very quick going through that. The two key things I wanted you to take away is, one, you can log in if you don't know how to. Click the forgot email or just go on to the, uh, the main website, the public website, and fill out the connection card there. Uh, that's a way to get a hold of us and say, I don't know what my login is and I'm a member. Tell me how to log in. The other is that you can update your picture. And I'll show you, by the way, I'll go over to the uh, people section, this menu bar on the left here. Uh, I'll open it up so you can see there's groups, people, serving. You can actually look up your giving statement here. I'm going to click on people, 
And you can see this is Justin's friends with me, Ken Rapp, and Jim Steffenbacher. We're the outgoing people. He's new here. We, we were friends with him right away. But you can see our picture there. So you've got a, a quick way to uh, see and, and get access to contact information for the people that you, uh, you contact most regularly. So I wanted to show you how to do that. And I wanted to show you how to do the Your Fit stuff. And again, it's go to edit your profile, go to the My Fit section, and you simply check some boxes. That's it. And you can update that anytime you want. And uh, so I would ask you to do one of those two things before you leave today. You can uh, commit to either on your phone or go back home and on your computer and today update your profile or let us know you need to log in. Or before you leave, if you would just fill out that MyFit form or that uh, getting to know you form, and you can drop that off just right up here on the platform before you leave, and I greatly appreciate it. So here's my hope out of this member orientation class that uh, we all come away with a very clear sense of that God has called us together not to come and to observe something every week, but God's called us to engage in carrying out the work of the ministry. And that's why he's He's brought a, a leader like pastor to us, uh, Pastor Ken Brown, who preaches the word faithfully and admonishes us and teaches us so that we will be equipped to carry out the good works God's prepared in advance for us to do. So I want us to have clarity on that, but I wanted at this tail end, just with this last 15 minutes, to make it very practical so that when you leave here today, if you're not already engaging and doing those things, I've given you a next step you can take so that you can begin to. And I want to help you with that. That's a, that's a ministry that I've uh, welcomed and am eager to carry out. And I, I hope you'll help me, or yeah, help me help you be engaged in using the gifts God's given you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time we've had to uh, think about what you tell us in your word, about uh, how you've made us in a privilege of service. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to take seriously this opportunity you put before us. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to work together to to glorify us, to glorify you and the community you put us in, and uh, to make your name known. And and I pray that we might uh, deploy every resource, every ability you've given us to do that for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you all. You're dismissed.